So let's continue. John chapter 11, starting in verse 38. Then Jesus, deeply moved again, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, by this time there will be an odor, for he's been dead four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I know that you always hear me. But I said this on account of the people standing around, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth! The man who had died came out, his hands and feet bound with linen strips, and his face wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, Unbind him and let him go. Many of the Jews, therefore, who had come with Mary and had seen what he did, believed in him. But some of them went to the Pharisees and told them what Jesus had done. So the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered the council and said, What are we to do? For this man performs many signs. But if we let him go on like this, everyone will believe in him, and the Romans will come and take away both our place and our nation. Skip down 53, verse 53 of John 11. So from that day on, they made plans to put him to death. Jesus, therefore, no longer walked openly among the Jews, but went from there to a region near the wilderness to a town called Ephraim, and there he stayed with his disciples. Now the Passover of the Jews was at hand. Many went up from the country to Jerusalem before the Passover to purify themselves. They were looking for Jesus and saying to one another as they stood in the temple, What do you think? That he will not come to the feast at all? Now the chief priests and the Pharisees had given orders that if anyone knew where he was, he should let them know this so that they might arrest him. So Jesus here, this is his, we say, grand finale. This is his biggest miracle of all, and it is the one that's going to cause them to put him to death. They, because this is such a big deal, Lazarus is someone who is known, who we, we think was wealthy, who had friends of influence, and the people who were there, some of them were there actually to console them. They believed. One of the reasons Jesus was weeping was that his enemies were also in that house. And Mary and Martha were adding fuel to that fire. His friends were supporting all of the unbelief. They hated him. They were so happy Lazarus has died and they were happy that Jesus had failed. And Mary and Martha were fueling the unbelief 
in their own home with their own unbelief. And we notice here Jesus says, take away the stone and Martha is hesitant. She's concerned about what people are going to think. What about her image? There's going to be a smell. This is not appropriate here. This is death. We don't, we, we don't look in tombs. Jesus is here to raise the dead. And the dead man comes out, and this now is a polarizing event for his friends and for his enemies. One of the things that I had to wrestle with was that I had trouble believing that there were people who could watch a dead man walk out of his tomb after four days and think it's a bad thing. I want you to think about that. Sometimes, Christians, we are naive. We think, oh, if someone sees someone raised from the dead, they're going to believe. I mean, they're going to, this is, this is the most amazing thing that they have ever seen. They ran to report him, to say we have to, we have to kill him. He's raising the dead. He's doing such incredible signs that certainly we've got to kill him. This is affecting our livelihood. Everyone's going to believe in him and it's going to take away our business, our temple. The government had built this temple on tax dollars for the Jewish administration and they ran it. it they had their offices there. It was, a, it was a big temple complex. It wasn't just the temple to worship. So they, they ran their lives. They had their offices out of this. That was the most important thing to them is to maintain their security. But I want you to think of the kind of people that Jesus was up against because these people are still in the world today. Not just Jews who don't believe, but anyone who doesn't believe. They can see someone walk out of the tomb, raise from the dead, unwrap him, and they think it's a bad thing. What kind of faith do you need what kind of wisdom do you need to deal with people who think that good is actually evil? Let's continue reading John chapter 12. Six days before the Passover, Jesus therefore came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. So they gave a dinner for him there. Martha served, and Lazarus was one of those reclining with him at the table. Mary, therefore, took a pound of expensive ointment made from pure nard and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But Judas Iscariot, one of the disciples, he who was about to betray him, said, why was this ointment not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? He said this, not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief and having charge of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put into it. Jesus said, leave her alone so that she may keep it for the day of my burial. For the poor you always have with you, 
but you do not always have me. When the large crowd of the Jews learned that Jesus was there, they came not only on account of him, but also to see Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. So the chief priests made plans to put Lazarus to death as well, because on account of him, many of the Jews were going away and believing in Jesus. The next day, the large crowd that had come to the feast heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem. So they took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him, crying out, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, even the King of Israel. And Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it, just as it is written, Fear not, daughter of Zion. Behold, your king is coming, sitting on a donkey's colt. Verse 17, the crowd that had been with him when he called Lazarus out of the tomb and raised him from the dead continued to bear witness. The reason why the crowd went to meet him was that they had heard he had done this sign. So the Pharisees said to one another, you see that you are gaining nothing. Look, the whole world has gone after him. So I read that whole stretch because I want you to see how all these pieces tie together, even with the triumphal entry. The reason the people are lining the streets at the triumphal entry is because of Lazarus and because Jesus has done this miracle. Jesus has basically sealed his fate. You're going to now be with him one way or the other. Either this was a good thing and you've got people saying, you are the king of Israel. You are the Messiah. We believe in you. Or you're going to have the Jews saying, tell the people to stop crying out. You see what you hear what they're crying. They're calling you the Messiah. I want you to stop it. Jesus said, if they stop, even the rocks will cry out. So at this point, he's receiving this messianic title. Before then, he said, don't tell anybody. Don't tell anybody I'm the Messiah. Now he's saying, this is, this is who I am. And now you're going to have to decide. But you see what a commotion he created by raising Lazarus from the dead. This is his big finale. And he knew it was going to be a big finale. And that's why it was so painful for him when Mary, who had been sitting at his feet, came out wailing along with his enemies, people who hated him. People were very happy he had failed. They were happy Lazarus had died. They didn't care at all about Lazarus. I mean, think about that. People had come to the funeral. When Lazarus came back, they were upset. (laughs) These are your friends. They're pretending to be your friends. I want you to notice what Mary does. And I want you to think now, given what I've told you about what happened and why I believe Jesus was crying, why Mary anointed his feet. What was she saying to him when she broke this very expensive, her most expensive item that she owned, you know, worth a whole year's salary and wipes it with her hair 
What is she saying? I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Jesus. Yeah, and thank you, but I'm, I'm sorry. I was wrong. What I did to you was wrong. I'm so sorry that I sided with your enemies and I made you cry. I'm so sorry. And she pours this on his feet. Now you, now you see, we, I believe I've for many years misunderstood why she did that. Like, well, it's, you know, it's interesting. And he says something about his burial. Well, it's kind of a secret code or something. I don't know why she did it. Now you know. She made him cry. She doubted him. She went for the attention of her fans. Her, you know, she was just the young sister who wanted some attention because her brother had died. She forgot who he was. She dishonored him. Now she's honoring him. And essentially dishonoring herself, you know, wiping this stuff with her hair. And Judas picks up on it and says, hey, 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 correct her. You, you shouldn't be receiving this, Jesus. Remember we spoke earlier about how free the disciples are to correct him. What, what is going on here? Well, at this time he steps in and says, leave her alone. She's doing a good thing. Judas, you don't care about me. She was in your spot a couple of days ago. She now has changed. She cares about me. Judas, you don't. You care about only yourself and your money. You're in this for you. She now sees who I am. Leave her alone. It's such a beautiful image. And now that we've got a little more of that backstory, I want to pause now. And I want you to imagine yourself that at some point in your life, you doubted Jesus. some point in your life, you embarrassed him. You maybe sided with his enemies. You did something that was maybe shamed him. And now, even in our imagination, I want you to come and I want you to anoint his feet. Many of us don't have enough hair to, to, to wipe anything, but we can wipe it with our hands, perhaps. So let's, uh, let's just use our imagination. Let's, let's be in this humble position of saying, Jesus, I am so sorry. I doubted you. I caused you pain. I made you cry. Uh, I sided with your enemies. I sided with the enemy. Uh, and I have fueled the fire of others' unbelief. And I'm so sorry. Spend a few minutes.